He's promising that we will be family to one another. Um, and he's saying like any kind of family that you could build apart from the body of Christ, like would pale in comparison to the kind of family that I will give you even if you never marry, even if you never have kids of your own, like there's this rich family for you. What's up, everybody? It's Kate and JJ, and welcome to 2024 and season 12 of the Heart of Dating podcast. Dude, that all went quick. That I can't believe it's the new year. I went quick. There's a lot going on this year. Like what? I don't know. Like I might be having a baby in a few weeks. <laughs> Dude, isn't it crazy? It could come any day now. It or she? You mean? Yeah, yeah I, that's the classic. <laughs> Yeah, she could come any day. I hope it's going to be a beautiful, cute baby girl. <laughs> but you never know what's going to come out. <laughs> Sometimes babies look like aliens. Um, the good news is yeah. I was a cute baby. I was not exactly. The bad news is that. <laughs> Stop. Those are just bad quality well, you photos. Well, you turned out great. You um, were a work in progress. I'm not sure. Some people last season, not season, but on Instagram were definitely saying that um, I wasn't, I was Jar Jar Banks, remember? <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I love how you turned out, but um, you did kind of look like a gremlin when you came out. I'm <laughs> so I looked like Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> yeah, like Jar Jar Banks and a little gremlin from the, the Goonies Stop had a baby. Stop it. That's horrible. <laughs> um, well, we are so excited, you guys. We want to tell you our mission and attention for season 12. This season is all dedicated to singleness and to developing disciplines in singleness, to talking about the hardships of singleness, to reigniting hope in your singleness. We are going to bring some amazing people on to talk about just the struggles and and also some things that can help you in this time when you or if you are single. And just to be clear, even if you're dating or in a relationship listening to this, you technically are still single until you're married. Okay. Just <laughs> Wait, but, Okay. So let's clarify though. <laughs> when you say that this is a season for singleness, mm-hmm. like how is that different from uh, any other season that you've done or we've done. Well, the the theme of this season is really to like uh, thriving in singleness and, and and honest conversations about the hardships of singleness um, and gaining tools and discipleship for singleness. So yeah, sure. You can go through Heart of Dating episodes and find things about that throughout the years, but this full season is dedicated to those things. Yeah. Maybe something more along the lines of closed singleness. Yeah. Right. Define singleness. Like, yeah, close singleness single or th- as a Pringle. things to be working through, like th- working through disappointment, which can still be happening if you're in open singleness. Totally. Yeah. So we hope this season blesses you. We have some amazing people coming on, including our guest today. Um, and just to start off the year really quick, we want y'all to know that actually this Friday, we have our very first live podcast recording 
in our Patreon community where we are going to be taking questions live. You may be featured here on YouTube um, video live or on the audio live. And so that's happening um, this Friday. You have to just join at the $5 level on Patreon to be able to come live to our first ever podcast recording. But we're super excited about that. I'm excited. Like legit. We've never done anything like that. I know. And I think people can like come on with us. It's so crazy. So if you're in interested, you go to patreon.com forward slash heart of dating. Our Patreon fam is the best. It keeps growing. We love all of our patrons. So thank you guys so much. Um, yeah. And we just came off of an amazing week at HODC. Do you want to tell them just a little about it? I mean, look, when I think every year we're just shocked when we see the hands up, we ask who here came without knowing a single person. Yeah. And like 50% of the room raises their hand. Yeah. Or more. I mean, if you're one of those people like me, imagine getting on a plane, flying to a city and not knowing one person, but knowing it's going to be a room full of singles, mm-hmm. which kind of at like adds that pressure. Like yeah. there's going to be single women there. There's going to be single guys there. Yeah. Like it does add that romantic pressure to make something work. Yet I feel like that kind of dissipates within the first five, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. I think what's cool is that so many people do have the courage to come alone and we have an app for our conference. So people are meeting beforehand and doing meetups. Like there's hundreds of meetups like happening through the before and through the weekend. The meetups went crazy. Yeah. And so was was that the most you'd seen? Oh gosh, it was so many, especially with New Year's. And so I would meet groups of girls, for example, that I was like, how long have y'all known each other? And they're like, oh no, we just met literally at a meetup (laughs) like last night. And I was like, no way. And that was like the story over and over. So if you couldn't make it to HODC Nash this year, we don't want you to miss our next conference. We haven't announced any details yet, but definitely plan to join us wherever the next one might be. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was was amazing. So Um, beautiful. Nashville was a great venue. Oh, we loved it. And people definitely just use conferences like a rally point. It's, it's half so, about conference and then half just about meeting with other people. We had uh, over 30 people give their lives to Jesus on Friday night too, which is just glory to God. So, yeah. so, so cool. Literally, I mean, there was one salvation. They met the night before conference on a mm-hmm. Thursday night. There was a group at a meetup doing mm-hmm. swing dancing. They got invited to conference and they were just curious. And then all of a sudden on Friday night, uh, Elise, the host, our MC, wonderful job, just felt a uh, prompting to do a ministry call at the end of the night and 30 hands. Amazing to see God move oh. like that. Just totally unexpected. So and uh, man, it was just, it was crazy from that point on. So cool. Mia Fields brought the house down. On Saturday. So many oh. highlights. And then the of course, party. the disco cowboy party was amazing. It I, was seeing the whole room in person do line dancing was Imagine like 700 people forget. doing line dancing and like, We had amazing instructors. They They, were so good. They commanded the room with so much pep and energy. They had those sequin cowboy shoes. They were awesome. Yeah. I'm not a line dancing guy. And even I had a great time doing it. You did. Okay. So we're going to get into this episode, but babe, do you want to tell them our last biggest news piece of information personally for this year? We're, We're having a baby. Other than that? Oh, another big piece of <laughs> This yeah. is brand new information, fresh fresh off the press. Wow, you guys are hearing it. This is uh, impromptu, Kate. Well, we're starting the year out and a new season. We might as well start it off with I some know, fun but news. I, I know how hard it is for you to leave the script, and uh, <laughs> this is a big moment. 
for some people, some people are like, I don't care. Let, let's just get to the episode. Yeah, they're like, we don't care about you guys. Okay. <laughs> you ready on, on the count of three? Yes. One, two, three. We're, We're moving. moving. To where? <laughs> to Franklin, Franklin Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> Like everybody else. else, we're leaving California. We're getting out of this place. No. We're going to the safe haven of Franklin, Tennessee. We're so excited. God opened a door early or late last year for us to buy our first house, which is so incredible. And just so everyone knows, we actually do a family in Franklin. Uh, so we have legit reasons also to go there and outside I, of it being popular. I'm from Franklin. Okay. Yeah. That's our claim. That's our claim. Like we have a claim. We're not like everybody else. We're unique. We're original. Okay. I'm just kidding. We don't have to defend moving. Okay. But we're moving. We're going to be Tennesseans. So we're having a baby and then we're moving. It's going to be wild and crazy, but we wanted to let y'all know. Um, yay. Let's go. Are we going to be homesteaders? Uh, are we going to be homestead homeschoolers making our own pine needle juice with chickens and goats? This will be a new season. Anywho, okay, fam, let's get into the episode. So we have Dr. Gregory Coles on, and I'm going to intro him in the episode. He is so wonderful. And he did an episode a while ago um, in the summer of 2021, which is one of our top five episodes of all time. It's called Single Gay Christian. Go and listen to it. Before you judge, because I just said the word gay, Christian, gay and Christian next to each other, please go listen to that episode and listen to Greg today because you're going to you're just, I think you're going to love what you hear. And it's probably not what you're thinking um, with, well, the, with me saying we gay can, Christian. We can clarify. I mean, like I had multiple conversations with you when I saw yeah, you that were, like, title. The title of this episode. I don't know about this Greg guy. I know. I, I definitely like, you know, was apprehensive. I think that was the best word. I was apprehensive. I'm mm -hmm. like, you don't need any adifiers, modifiers, anything before Christian. No other Christian does yeah. that. And there's a great reason why. And we explain it even at the beginning of today's episode. With totally, Greg. totally. I can't think of another uh, someone better to learn from than a single celibate person who is committed to just loving Jesus the rest of their life and has given up the idea of having a significant other. And so uh, Greg is phenomenal. There's so much to learn from him today. And I hope you feel so encouraged and so seen. Yeah, I would say this is probably one of the best episodes we've ever done. Just kind of walking out the idea of singleness mm -hmm. and how the, to live in it. Richly. Right. And then like specifically the, the, what does idolizing marriage, you know, skipping ahead to that grass is greener. I just can't wait till I'm married. Mm -hmm. I just can't wait. And what does that do to our singleness? Mm -hmm. And you get emotional on this episode. Remember? So sweet. I loved it. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with our friend, Dr. Gregory Coles. All right, you guys, today we have our dear friend, Greg Coles, back on the pod. Actually, I'm going to say it right. Dr. Gregory Coles. Thank you. Sorry. Okay. I'm getting a little personal first, <laughs> but Dr. Gregory Coles back on the podcast. Hi, Greg. How are you? <laughs> Hello. I'm doing well. All the better for the privilege of rejoining you on the podcast. What fun. Now, 
Now with JJ here, who only got to, just side note, while we did our podcast, I was in the very early stages of meeting this guy and talking to this guy. And then, of course, what a fun thing to be dating someone in the early stages of dating and be like, so I'm I'm launching a series on LGBTQ plus in the church. So yeah. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> okay. And and you listened to that series and you got to hear Greg. No, I, I got to hear Greg. Uh, hey, and I'm just going to go ahead and out myself. Um, I saw your title. And I was like, whoa, 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 yeah, what's going on here? Christian was the title of the episode. And I think me and probably about 95% of people who clicked on that, like we came in like single gay Christian, like he's adding an adifier in front of his name. What's going on here? <laughs> and then I, uh, you just blessed me so much, like within that episode. And we got to see Greg a couple months ago at uh, mm. a theology in the raw conference. Yeah. And so for, all intents and purposes, why is that title controversial, Greg? And why does it kind of catch people off guard? And and what do you say to that? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, let me say first. Now that I now that I know that like JJ was listening to like my podcast, another early podcast, as you guys were getting together, that makes me feel a little bit like I'm going to take some small credit for the fact that you guys ended up together. Because, yeah, no, you know, I was in the podcast due. and I'm, I'm just, I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it right now. Um, you know, it, it is, I think, uh, yeah, the, the, the word gay in particular, I think has been a, a really controversial part of this conversation. And it just has to do with the question of, how should we put words around our experience in a way that the people around us are going to understand correctly? And I think the trick is that in a lot of Christian spaces, we hear the word gay and we immediately think, oh, okay, so if somebody says they're gay, that must mean they're seeking out a same-sex sexual relationship. That must exactly. mean they have the following beliefs about theology. But what I found um, with my non-Christian friends or, you know, random people I run into at coffee shops and things like that. When they said the word gay, they mostly just met somebody who was attracted to the same sex. And so if I told them my story and said, like, you can't be gay and be a Christian, what they would hear me say is if you're attracted to the same sex, it's impossible for you to follow Jesus. And I was like, well, that's just not true because I'm attracted to the same sex and I'm trying to follow Jesus imperfectly, but you know, we're, we're shooting for it. Um, and so I think, I think what I felt as I was just trying to pick a word for myself, I was like, I can either choose the best language to communicate with people who really need to hear the gospel and hope that my Christian siblings will listen long enough to understand what I'm saying. Or I can pick words that my Christian siblings will understand, but maybe aren't actually effective for having conversations with folks outside the church. And I decided, you know, what, I'm going to bank on the goodwill, the, the faith of uh, my Christian siblings and hope that they can just listen and hang out with me long enough to hear my heart in the words that I use. Right. So like, and I love the example you gave and being effective and sharing that, especially with the non-believers. Mm. If someone walked into a coffee shop, you said, uh, and they let you know that they were gay, you, <laughs> to be effective in that conversation, you and I'd say, oh, me too. I'm actually same, I struggle with same-sex attraction, but I'm not currently practicing the homosexual lifestyle uh, as a Christian. <laughs> oh my gosh, those, <laughs> right? all of those words. Oh my like, goodness. You just wouldn't say that, right? <laughs> There's so much baggage with what you just said too. It's like, ah! <laughs> well, yeah. but that would be like, that's how you would check the box, right? In like a traditional, maybe church setting to be accepted. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I think recognizing 
that if I'm if I'm going to prioritize talking in a way that you know yeah folk folks who I run into uh, at random are going to understand and really be able to hear the heart of the gospel, it helps to be able to speak their language, right? Like if I if I were going to a different country where they didn't speak English, I'd learn the language. So if I want to talk to people who are not in my Christian spaces who don't speak my Christianese, like I'm going to learn their language. I'm going to try to figure out how I can speak their language so that when I talk to them about Jesus, like it makes sense. It can click for them too. Amen. Amen. I love it. It's so good. Like we were saying before the, in the pre-call, like, yeah, if I'm talking to my non-Christian friends about dating, I'm like, you know, the man has to guard her heart. They're like, what are you talking about? Like that, that, I don't understand that term at all. Like like defense? Yeah. Like, like like what? Guarding how? I don't, uh, why am I guarding her? Is that a metaphor? Like it's just, and there's so many, insert so many Christianese kind of phrases, even in the dating process that if I'm talking to a non-Christian about dating, I'm not going to throw in these strange words that they're going to be like, Okay, you are like an alien from another planet. We're, we're courting, not dating. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, we're courting. <laughs> oh goodness gracious, they're like what? Huh? <laughs> Isn't that what they use? Is like, that like Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Like, like this is uh, people use that term. Anyway, for those listening, um, episode one twenty three was an episode we did with Greg, single gay Christian, and in fact, Greg, it is our a top five episode of all time on Heart of Dating, which is amazing to me. Like it started off good, but it's just one of those episodes that have continued to grow and get listened to. And so if you guys listening have not listened to that episode, obviously it's done really well and you should go on and listen to episode 123. And if you are just listening to the beginning of this and you're like, okay, single gay Christian, what in the world, that term, I'm not sure about that. Please go listen to Greg's whole story on episode 123, because it's so good. It's so good. Even if like right now you're being a little triggered or you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Like give it a shot (laughs) and listen to that episode. I promise you, like it's, it's so enriching. And so Greg, today we're going to talk about, um, singleness and celibacy. And one thing I do want to revisit is your journey to celibacy, which is where you are now. Um, because that's obviously a decision you made. We talked about it on episode 123, but I mean, that's a hard decision to make, obviously. And I want to know, as you made that decision, what were some things you, assumptions you had or things that you wrestled with while thinking, okay, I'm committing to being single celibate for the rest of my life. This must mean I'm going to be X, Y, Z different things. What did that look like? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think so much of it, and it, you know, it's funny because I think back to that mindset and I think, who told me that singleness was going to be hard? And so much of it, I realized, yeah. is because I heard such great stuff about marriage and I heard, here's all the things that you will have in marriage, right? I heard people read 1 Corinthians 13 at wedding ceremonies and be like, love is patient and kind, and you know, and I was like, great, that's what you do in marriage and apparently not in singleness. Um, and I saw marriage sort of upheld as the place where, you know, your needs for intimacy are met and you live with other people in community. And I was like, oh, okay, so that must mean if I'm single, 
then I live alone for the rest of my life, and then I die alone, you know, it must mean that I never really have, like, deep, lived-in intimacy with other people, it probably means that I'm not really involved in the lives of kids, you know, like, I was like, I assume all these things go with marriage, so that must mean if I'm single, I don't do any of that stuff, and I was like, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, I don't, I kind of don't want to be a hermit for the rest of my life, that doesn't really sound exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's really important because I think as people are single right now, we have so many singles listening. We might have celibate singles like who have decided to be single for the rest of their lives listening. But on top of that, we have so many singles that are like, they, they feel like this season that they're in or this time, like it, it might just be a season. It might be the rest of their life. We don't know, um, is just a time where there's not much fullness. There's not much richness. Mm -hmm. And so what have you found it to be instead? <laughs> and how, how many years are you into this journey? So you can like relate to the people that are, um, listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, so at this point I'm 33 years old. I'm in my Jesus year. Um, yes. so, like, so after this, yes. it's all gravy or else I'm dying this year, but you know, one of those two, um, uh, and, and it was, uh, probably I was around, let me think I was around 25. I think when it felt pretty clear from God that he was like, you're going to be single and you just hang out there. Um, but I was, I was getting that sense as early as about 22. I was like, Oh, I don't think singleness is just a temporary season that I'm going to get through. I don't think it's going to resolve like a foot cramp. Like, I think I'm going to live here a while, if not my entire life. And I think as I, so, so yeah, so it's been what, just over a decade now of feeling pretty clearly, like, I think this is what God has for me. And, you know, I think one of the things, one of the things I've found as time has gone on, um, is that the more I have stopped fighting against that, the more I've stopped going to God and being like, this is so unfair. Here's a list of all the things you owe me. Here's all the reasons I have a right to be angry with you. Um, right. And the more I've started to instead say like, okay, if, if, if I live here and if I'm going to live here, what does it look like for me to do that in a way that's really fruitful and beautiful and relationally rich? Like, what does it look like for me to build chosen family um, if I'm not building like a legal or biological family? Um, what, is, what does it look like for me um, to, to live a life of purposeful legacy leaving that's not just like, then I had my spouse and we had kids and grandkids and, but like, what are other ways that I get to to participate in the world, right? To, to be part of helping raise up the future generations, to be deeply invested in community. Um, and I think uh, the more the more I've created space um, to ask those questions of God and then to give him an opportunity to answer them, the more I've found that he actually really has a lot of really fun and interesting things that I'm invited to be a part of in that. Um, and, and so often, you know, I was actually, I was just chatting with a friend about this earlier today um, about how much 
how easy it is for us when we start to think, okay, God, you're going to provide community, right? God, I need some friends. So could you bring, I need some family. Could you like, we'll ask God for these things and we'll trust that he'll provide. But then it's, it's as if we create like this checklist and we're like, God, you owe me the following kind of person. And then we have a vision of what they're going to be like. And then all the people who don't fit our vision, we're like, no, 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 you're not the one I'm waiting for someone else. God was going to provide some community for me, but they were going to be way cooler people than you. Like you guys are kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. So like, you're you probably like not Star my Wars, community. Like, you're not my people. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what do you say about Boise? Uh, we were asking you how you enjoy Boise and you're like, if Boise was a person, let's just say Boise and I would not be friends. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 still true that yeah, if we personified Boise, that uh, yeah, Boise and I would not be close friends. And yeah. <laughs> Like, I have come to know these, like, really beautiful, incredible people here, even though the place that I live, yeah, it's it's exactly that. The place that I live is not a place that I would have gone to God and said, like, you should put me in Boise, Idaho. That'd be a great place for me to find community. Um, and, and, yeah, I think so often, I know my temptation is to miss the really good and beautiful gifts that God wants to give me in my singleness because I'm so busy looking for other gifts and I'm so busy waiting for him to provide the kind of thing that I thought I needed um, instead of just sort of open-handedly receiving the thing that he's already so generously given. Truth be told, I am a sense girl through and through. I have gone through so many candles. JJ has looked at our monthly budget multiple times and gasped at the amount I have spent. Okay, true story. But you guys, I found the greatest option for those of you who love your homes to smell good, but also want a more earth-friendly option without giving up beautiful, high-quality fragrance. It's called Notes Candles. Did you know the candle industry has a major problem? Almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year, and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years. Can you believe that? 1 million years. Insane. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again and again so you don't become part of the problem. It is so easy to use, you guys. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads. All you have to do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar, fill it up with the wax beads, and then enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. And then just do it all over again when you're ready for a new one. My personal favorite fragrance is the Santal and Atlas Cedar. It's woodsy, calming, and it just smells so luxurious. I cannot get enough. I love it. I want to encourage you to be a responsible consumer while not giving up your high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com forward slash HOD. Notes is giving our listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code HOD. That's code HOD at notescandle.com forward slash HOD. Well, okay, so let's pause because that was like a mother load of gems mm -hmm. and nuggets of truth. Um, I probably would want to focus on first, like, do you feel like your life changed when you were faced with, the, you know, the decision and the call that this was indefinite celibacy and, and how even if I'm facing temporary celibacy, there's still all those gifts and things and opportunities in front of me that I don't create space to explore value, yeah. right? Receive and 
I want to just make the note that so many singles hear like your singleness is a gift and they're like, ugh, like they just scoff. They're like, please, especially if I'm married saying that now, which I said it while I was single. Okay, just FYI. But if I'm saying it now, I'm married, they're like, ugh, get out of here. They're like, just like, stop saying that. It's like the, it's like the worst. If we post about it, people are like, oh my goodness, like, how dare you say that? I'm so sick of it. And yet, like, you literally use the word singleness and gift in the same sentence. And so I just want to add that to what JJ is saying, because like, how did you and how did your mindset change or whatever question you were asking? I just wanted to add that in because we have people listening who are like so apt to not want to receive the fullness of what God has for them and potentially this amazing gift of a season. Well, because like someone might listen to your story and be like, well, Greg, you're gay. So like you don't have a choice. It's indefinite celibacy for you. Right. I don't have the same, but it's actually the same journey though, whether it's temperate or indefinite, mm. right. Of no, like this is, there is an amazing season and gift in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, well, speaking to like the way my experience of sexual attraction plays into it, like certainly I know some, uh, some gay people, even people who are like very exclusively attracted to the same sex who wind up feeling a sense of call from God to like, Hey, there's this person of the opposite sex. I want you to get married to. I know it doesn't make sense. Do it. You know? So I, I love for all of us to be open to the possibility that even if we are pretty sure God's like, you're going to live here, that we're still open to the possibility that God could throw a, a sharp <laughs> curveball into the equation. Um, right. Like Lori Creek. I know we both yeah, know Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, many others. Yeah. And even, I mean, and, and of course the same is true in reverse for folks who are married. Like certainly you hope that your spouse will live a long life with you, but we know that doesn't happen in every case. And so you know, singles could always wind up called into marriage and married people could um, always wind up, you know, returning to singleness again. And so so I think it's important to be open handed in all of those positions. And yet I, I totally I totally agree with what you're saying, JJ, that there can be this different posture or this different mentality that we have toward our singleness when we start to see it as somewhere that we plan to live indefinitely versus something that we're like, I cannot wait to get out of this thing. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and, and I know, I mean, one, one of the first things that I noticed about that for me, um, when I made that shift in my mind from being like, this is a temporary passing thing. I'll, I'll get over this eventually. Um, to being like, Oh no, I've, I'm probably hanging out here a while. I should get cozy. Um, one of the things I realized was um, that my my relationship to my own body and specifically my relationship to stewarding my body in the realm of sexual temptation, um, because of some of the messaging that I had sort of imbibed growing up about the reasons that you should steward your body sexually, so much of the logic I got was, you know, don't have sex now so that you can have mind-blowing sex later when you get married. Um Right. Like, don't watch pornography now so that you'll have a better marriage later. And it was like so much of the rationale was do this for your future marriage. Um, and and so once I was like, what if I don't have a future marriage? I was like, suddenly all my all my most sensible arguments, supposedly, um, 
uh, for, for, you know, stewarding my body in a certain kind of way or for perceiving my body as something that I needed to care for with value, so much of it hinged on the idea of marriage. Um, and so, yeah, one of the things that was that was really significant that had to change in my mindset was I started uh, I started needing to perceive the value of stewardship of my body um, as something that I don't do because of the carrot of a future marriage, but I actually mm. do because of the deep interest and delight that God already takes in me. Mm. Um, so powerful. Amen. Like, Keep going. Please. Yeah, like, I mean, I so I always think of that, that part at the end of First Corinthians chapter 6, um, where Paul's been talking about, you know, how you shouldn't uh, sleep with prostitutes. That's like the subject of the section of the chapter. Um, uh, <laughs> Why this is a bad and, idea. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, which, I mean, he could have listed other things too. Um, but I, I love, and I've come increasingly to love in the last couple of years, the way he rounds out that chapter where he doesn't say like, don't do it because it's achy, you loser, right? Like that's not his his posture. What he says is like, don't you know that your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit? Like, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Um, and the idea is the way we think about our bodies, the way we think about stewarding our sexualities, it's rooted not in like an ickiness or a, a fear of like, don't do stuff with your body because it's so gross. It's actually rooted in God saying like, I was so purposeful in the way that I put you together that I want you, I want you to inhabit that space that I love in a way that reflects the depth of my love for you. Wow. Mm, so amazing. And yeah, and and so I think uh I th I think it became really significant to me then as I was thinking about what if I do this my entire life? Like if if celibacy is gonna be where it's at for the next however many years until you know I head home for eternity, um, then then I need to begin to see the the delight that God takes in me and the way I'm embodied as like this body was given to me not just with the possibility of a future marriage in mind, um, but given to me as a thing that is itself this beautiful reflection of the ways God wants me to inhabit the space of the world. Um, Amen. And, yeah. Well, and just like even that thought makes you just like it just feels so silly like the smallness of marriage in comparison to the glorification and stewardship of your body with the sovereign God of the universe mm -hmm. who created that body for so much more than just to be reduced to the sexual fulfillment of it and marriage, yeah. right? Like that just seems so small, but I love, you know, like we mm -hmm. just start to unpack and unfold when we think about marriage and glorify it so heavily in place of Jesus and relationship with him, all of a sudden we're left with this like messy, I call it like the grass is greener theology. Well, marriage is just the best and the grass is greener in marriage. So therefore any other space outside of that is less green, right? And there's just gifts available in marriage that are not available elsewhere that are better. And the that what we should really say is, when we say singleness is a gift, what we should really say is this. There are gifts available in singleness that are not available in marriage yeah. that are amazing and awesome. And people don't maybe get that perspective. Like 
as far as experience until they're married. Yeah. And and then they look back and say... And they're like, oh, wow, that's easy. Or to your point in what Greg was saying, there's also some ways in which we can experience some beautiful things that people who are married that still experience, like intimacy and relationship. Like that isn't just for the people in marriage to have an intimate partner and intimacy. Like there's ways to have deep, intimate relationships um, or even being involved in kids and families' lives in singleness, like where we have so many listeners, especially older women who are like, man, like I'm in my forties now, I'm not married and I know my biological clock is ticking. So I don't know if that'll ever really be a possibility for me to have a biological child. And I just am thinking of someone right now that we know who is like, okay, well, as I turn 40 and now she's 41, I am going to choose to foster and I'm going to choose to be a part of people's lives that have kids and make that like a super important and valuable thing in my life. So sure, maybe in marriage, you can only like create a child between those two people, but it doesn't mean you're limited to only being involved in children's lives or only having intimate relationships only in marriage. Yeah. Okay, guys, quick break in today's amazing episode to talk about one of our sponsors, ArmWrap. You guys know that I'm always on the lookout for ways to strengthen my immunity, to improve metabolism, and elevate skin. Hello. Come on. Well, I recently discovered an incredible product called Armra. And I got to say, even just when I received it, I was like, this is fancy. I like this. What is this? I was so excited. And I literally did just discover it. And now I've been seeing it pop up everywhere. So what is it? You're like, what is this thing? Well, it's filled with colostrum, okay? And colostrum is the first nutrition you receive in life. And it contains all the essential nutrients that you need in order to thrive. And it harnesses over 400 functional nutrients to strengthen your immune barriers and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed benefits. It actually, there's multiple flavors, but it tastes really good. The one that we've been doing or I've been taking, <laughs> been doing, been taking, been consuming. Um, so some of the benefits is it can reactivate hair growth and give you some glowing skin. It can fuel fitness performance and recovery. That's Which for has you, been babe. great for me. Yes. Like, because you've been doing those 5 a.m. workouts. That's right. And been going hard at the gym. That's right. I actually just feel, I like feel lighter. You, did you know that colostrum has been shown to improve fitness endurance by 20%, decrease recovery time by over 50% after intense exercise? Did is, you know that? Is that why I've been getting so jacked? Because I've been stealing this? Maybe. <laughs> well, you guys, if you're interested, we've worked out a special offer for our Heart of Dating people. You can get 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash HOD or enter the code HOD to get 15 percent off your first order. That's try a r m r a dot com slash h o d to get fifteen percent off your first order. Let's go. What's up, guys? One more thing we would love to tell you about, Kate. Factor meals. Oh my gosh. I have been seeing them everywhere and I've been noticing the car or like the truck on the highway, like driving the I meals, I've been seeing deliveries to all sorts of our neighbors. And we recently got to try some of their deliveries in December and man, they have some awesome meals. You know, the only problem is that you've tried factor meals. So when I cook the next night, it's the worst because you're like, this is not as good as what I had last night. 
Yeah, that's true. And the other thing, though, that I love about it is that we're kind of big in the season on sometimes doing takeout. Not all the time, but Factor is actually cheaper than takeout, and it's actually more delicious. You can get these chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door, and they are literally ready in two minutes. It's actually nuts. That like It is faster to cook up a Factor meal than it is for me to go to Postmates. <laughs> and actually even order something. By the time I yes. actually order, it's been five minutes when I've actually had to decide. So there's tons of meals to choose from. Mm -hmm. They have over 35 meals to choose from per week. Tons of options like calorie smart or vegan or keto, which is great for you since you have so many allergies. Yeah. So tons of add-ons. You can literally get breakfast, you can get smoothies. I was like, blown away when I saw how many options there were. There are, there's so many options. It's so cool. So if you guys are interested, like I highly recommend at least just trying it out. Yeah. Right. So go to factormeals.com slash heart of dating 50. So spell out heart of dating and then five zero and use that code to get 50% off. So that's heart of dating 50 at factormeals.com slash Heart of Dating 50. Yeah, or you can just use the code Heart of Dating 50 to also get the 50% off. You guys hop on the trend like us and like everybody else. You won't be upset that you did because I promise it is so delicious. It's definitely worth a try. So good. Yeah. I have a crazy question or a hypothetical, <laughs> but it really is challenging based on what we said. Yeah. What if you lived a life in singleness so rich that even Greg at 33, it, it is so fulfilled that if I gave you like a matrix pill and I said, here's another universe <laughs> where you could be 33, three years married with two beautiful children. And you say, I don't really know which one I'd pick because they are both so spectacular mm. and they're both so fulfilled. What if your single life was so fulfilled that that option B or option A were the same was actually a hard yeah. decision. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if you ask Paul, Paul, here's the alternate reality, red pill, blue pill, which one would you pick? Right. And there's single I'm sure life. You would probably be like, I'm, I'd rather not do some of the things that didn't. <laughs> yeah. But like, still, we get you get the point. Less beatings here. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But, but the point remains, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and I love, you know, it's interesting as you were, as you were asking that, I was like, I was trying to picture myself and I was like, what would I like, if I could, if I could magically, you know, take, take, take the pill, um, I'd be straight. I'd have my, and I, I, I'm about to, what I'm about to say. I don't mean this to be offensive to my hypothetical spouse and children. Um, but, but it is genuine, like it's genuinely hard for me to imagine, I think because I'm so deeply, I believe so deeply that the things God is doing with me here and now in the place that I am in the people that I'm with, I believe so deeply that those things are good, um, that I really can't imagine not wanting to be part of them. And I think because I recognize that saying yes to those other things would mean saying no to some of the things that are part of my life now, I feel like yeah, I, I genuinely, genuinely am deeply convinced that God gave me good gifts in this vocation. Um, and I don't want to swap those out for different gifts because those are somebody else's gifts. Oh, it makes you teary-eyed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's an awesome answer, Greg. It really is. Yeah. Um, 
That was an awesome answer. (laughs) So sweet. Well, I want to also ask you, Greg, like for some singles listening, they're thinking, well, gosh, but like I've done all these things, Lord, and I've sacrificed so much to follow you. I've sacrificed so much to be single. And um, I heard you talk about this on a different podcast, so I'm bringing it up here. But there's a moment in the Gospels where Peter talks about, hey, I've left everything. We've left everything to follow you. And Jesus responds to him um, about the promise that is for people who give up everything for him. And I think that is also what we're talking about here. And so I would love for you to open that up a bit more for the singles listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, so the passage, uh, it's in, it's so good that it's in all three of the synoptic gospels. It's in Matthew 19 and Mark 10 and Luke 18. Um, and yeah, when, uh, when when Peter comes to Jesus with this question and Jesus says, truly, I tell you, no one who has left home or fathers or mothers or sisters or brothers or wives or children or fields for my sake and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this life along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Uh, and I love so much. Uh, I mean, there's so much I love about that passage, but one of the things I love is that Jesus doesn't deny that something is given up in following him, right? Yeah. That he he doesn't say to Peter, you know, Peter, you idiot, you didn't give up a thing. Now quit whining and go stand by Thaddeus. Um, <laughs> like there's this recognition, like Peter's like, Lord, we gave things up. And Jesus is like, yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> I know. I saw. I'm there, you know. Um and, and the thing that he promises, right, and, and, and specifically, like, so much of what Peter names or so much of what Jesus names as he responds um, has to do with this sense of family and belonging. And, you know, you've, you, you've given up wives or the possibility of a spouse. You've given up perhaps the possibility of kids. Um, and, and what he promises is not just like, it's not just eternal life. It's not just suffer through your miserable human existence of giving things up and then you'll die and things will be better later. But he actually says like, in this lifetime, you'll receive a hundredfold all the things that you thought you had lost. Um, And what I love about that uh, is that he's so concretely promising the body of Christ to us that like he's promising that we will be family to one another. Um, and he's saying like any kind of family that you could build apart from the body of Christ, like would pale in comparison to the kind of family that I will give you. Even if you never marry, even if you never have kids of your own, like there's this rich family for you. Yeah. Because it's crazy because it's this is what it means. The friendships that you build in singleness, and yes, the friendships that you can build deeper and richer in singleness are eternal. Mm-hmm. And the even the relationship that you build in marriage, I'm so sorry, but it's temporary. <laughs> even your soulmate, even all that work that you put in for the 50 years of marriage counseling and you finally figured out <laughs> in the last 25 years, I'm so sorry. But that doesn't transfer over Mm. that that you will have that eternal friendship with them. But the marriage is fulfilled in me and the, and the bride. And and that is mind blowing. The, the friendships that you are able to build Greg are 
eternal friendships within the body that mm-hmm. last an eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's a gift of singleness that yeah. goes completely unnoticed yeah, and uncherished. Well, and mm-hmm. that brings up how I want to ask you too, like if that is how Jesus responds and how it should be. What I, what I see, unfortunately, sometimes lacking is that is the church, um, uh, emulating that. Right. And so mm. like if the church and the community in the church should be a place where we can embrace singles, whether a single person who might get married or a single person who might not, we should be able to be family to these mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. um, versus, the only families that really exist are people that are married and have kids, you know? (laughs) And like, so like we should be the hands and feet and the family that like, like a question I had on here is like, if you get, when you get, if, when you get old, Greg, and you're 75, like it shouldn't be a question of who's going to take care of me or Mm -hmm. how, what, am I just going to be alone sitting and rotting in a hospital bed? Like nobody cares. And there's nobody to help me to the hospital or do what will I know that there's a family of people around me that care about me, that love me, that will be there for me. Um, And I think that is where I, I wish there was even more of that because there's such a there's such a focus on marriage you know there's such a focus on well well yeah get to marriage and then it's amazing and then you do have someone and of course they'll take care of you (laughs) but has that been your experience or have you found like maybe it depends on the church or the community or you know where has that been your experience or not yeah i mean it's so important for people to rise to the occasion of being the fulfillment of that promise for one another Right. Because uh, it's not as if Jesus is promising his disciples, like as if from nowhere, you'll feel a sense of warm fuzzies and happiness. He's saying, like, you will be there for each other. You will be family for each other. And so part of that passage is an invitation for us to say, not just like, do I trust that that family's coming for me, but also who is God asking me to therefore go and be family to? Like, how am I called to be? the answer to someone else's prayer to have that kind of person. Um, and I'm I'm struck by how quickly, and maybe this is just indicative of my own self-centeredness, um, but I'm struck by how quickly, uh, oh, we have a feline friend visiting. That's wonderful. Uh, oh, no, not feline. Um, canine. Canine. Um, canine. <laughs> She'd happily be a cat, though. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I'm, I'm struck by how quickly in my self-centeredness I can go to like, what's there going to be for me? Who's going to do this for me? And often I've found that the the fulfillment to that, the answer to that question for me, I don't really start to see it in its fullness until I turn around and start to ask the question toward others. Like, how am I called to be this this answer for prayer amen. in somebody else's life? Yeah, amen, Amen, amen. And it's like, and first of all, the joy that accompanies that and being mm-hmm. the other's focus the servant in the group is there's no rival to it. And secondly, it's ironic that if you ever wanted to build that eternal friendship, who's there to take you at the hospital, it's by being the person who's taken everyone to the hospital at all points in your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, the other thing, the other thing I would add in terms of like my own anticipation of the future, like what's coming, who will, who will be there for me? I think um, the more the more I participate in the kind of Christian community where that sort of family interaction is just part of what we do, um, 
because yeah, uh, well, I, I think it's really significant that even people who are married, like there's no guarantee. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to hate on marriage here, but like there's no guarantee that you'll be the person whose spouse outlives you. And so they'll take care of you. Like you may be the one taking care of them before they die and leave you all alone. Um, <laughs> right. Isn't <laughs> yeah. so this been an enthusiastic so marriage funny. talk? <laughs> right. It's like we're both going to grab each other's hands and As say, all right, In like three, the movie, The Notebook, two, and we're going to fall asleep holding one. hands and die together. Okay. Like, what? Good job. Now, yeah. No, you're exactly right. <laughs> but like, yeah, like, so so that's not a guarantee. Um, like, I mean, if you get married, like having kids is not a guarantee, even if you want them. Um, having having your kids stay in good relationship with you, tragically, is not a guarantee. Um, having them outlive you is not... A, like, there are so many things that are not guarantees. And yet, what is guaranteed uh, is that among the people of God, we're called to be the kind of people who bear one another's burdens. And so there's so much... There's so much as I anticipate the future that I'm like, I honestly don't know. Like... Who, who will who will help me in the moments that I need help? But I know that there's no way as a human being that I can actually set myself up for a foolproof, like I will be taken care of no matter what. Like that vision is a fantasy. Um, and the thing that's reality is that the person of Jesus is so worth trusting um, that you say, if I align myself with the people of Jesus, then I'm willing to believe in the moments I need it, I will have what I need. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And that idea of fantasizing is so funny because the second we started doing that without Jesus, then we're entering a world and a universe without Jesus. The whole predication of our existence that is invited in everything in our life. And so the se- it's so funny. The second you start fantasizing, it's the second you, I call it like God mode. You know, it's almost like Travis Scott or Drake, you know, like some kind of song lyric, like God mode, you know. But we do go into God mode. We start forging and crafting what our existence and experience and plan and life would look like. Mm. And it's totally devoid of the person who's the foundation of our existence. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. And so your your points are so right. There's just absolutely no guarantee that you're even going to be there with your spouse. At, you might be the last one left remotely living in Mobile, Alabama, and your kids don't like you. And there's then <laughs> upstate New York and, you know, like, should I stop? <laughs> I mean, there's no guarantee. I mean, that, is, that could happen for many people. Like, you just, you don't know. At like, least you'd have Jesus in the, in the Crimson Tide. <laughs> Amen. Gosh, stop. Roll Tide. Alabama football. It always comes back to it, doesn't it, honey? Amen. Roll Tide. Oh roll Tide. At least you're in Alabama. <laughs> Sorry for our Alabama people listening. Okay. No, I'm with. I'm. Uh, that would be amazing. Okay. Okay, honey. <laughs> the Alabama part. All the, the rest of it would be sad. But yeah. 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 So I guess the question to Greg is like for those listening. The singles especially, they're, they're not sure if they're called to singleness, if they're going to be single forever or if they are going to get married. And they're like, they're loathing their singleness as it is. They hate it. They don't like it. They've been told their whole life, hey, just wait till you get to marriage. It's going to be amazing. Um, what can you say to speak to that person who like 
so that they know like you can flourish as a single person. You can find true contentment. That's a that's a triggering word for some singles, but you can truly find contentment as a single person. Um, I just, I think you of all people would be probably the best to speak into that per- those individuals' lives who are listening right now. Certainly, I think people's journeys are going to be so different in this. So I would never want to pretend that like you can just take my journey and like carbon copy it onto everybody <laughs> else. But I know one of the things that has been so crucial for me is to think carefully about and then to really invite Jesus to speak into the question of like, what is what is my purpose um, in the context of the way that I'm doing life? Like, what are the ways that I'm called to to invest myself um, in the people around me and the world around me? Um, and I think that is a really important question for single folks because many of us have inherited a vision of human purpose that involves marriage. Um, And so to have marriage absent from the equation feels like one of the things that is supposed to have been sort of the purpose of our life. Like an identity crisis. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so uh, I think, well, I do think there are single people to whom God may say like, hey, I I want you to continue to really purposefully seek out the possibility of marriage. Um, Honestly, for me, once I could stop doing that, I was like, what a relief. Like in some ways I was sad and I was, but at the same time I was like, this is saving me like a lot of like mental and emotional energy. Um, I've suddenly got so much mental and emotional energy to invest in other things. Now, what am I investing it in? Um, And I think to be able to go to God and say, Okay, in my singleness, which you're welcome to change anytime if you want to, but in the meantime, like, what am I here for? Or in the in the words of in the words of Billie Eilish's song from the Barbie movie, like, what was I made for? Um, yes. uh, I love that you quoted this, that. <laughs> for, for those for those for whom the the Roll Tide uh, Alabama football reference was not right, maybe the Barbie reference will be more. <laughs> yeah, we hit both. This is a podcast for everyone. Amen. Um, uh, but that that idea that we, uh, yeah, life really only only makes sense to the degree that it makes sense in the context of understanding, like, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, and and I think the more the more God unveils to us a sense of the purposes that He has for us, um, and the purposes that are specific to the lives that we have, uh, then the more we can really invest in those purposes. Um, And as a result, I think the less we find ourselves wistful for the lives we don't have because of how deeply we believe in the purpose of life that we do have. Amen. 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 You know, TLC, Tara Lee Coble with the Bible recap um, was on a couple weeks ago. Amazing episode, by the way. And you guys really remind me of each other because at the end of that episode, and it's the same conclusion today, it's like a, a common theme that we've been accidentally stumbling upon, which I would just say is God, you know, is this like you look back over the past three years and what were the things that God did and used you in as a single Mm -hmm. that would not have been possible, right? If you were married or dating someone and that's exactly it. So now fast forward to the present timeline and ask yourself, man, 
how exciting. What are the things just lying right ahead of me that because I'm still single and not dating anybody, I'm able to explore and steward to the point that if you offered me marriage and the white picket fence and the, and the kids, I don't know if I would take it Mm -hmm. because I'm just so excited. Greg, you are phenomenal. This um, this episode today, like I just think back to the years I, I was single, which was not that long ago, FYI, if you're a new listener, and just so grateful that for me personally, I was able to get to a place where when JJ and I got married, like it wasn't, I wasn't like, hallelujah to Jesus, goodbye singleness, like see you never, like, <laughs> and I wasn't just like, I, of course I was excited to get married to him, but I also, there's a part of me that grieved and there's a part of me that was like, man, like this is tough. Like I'm leaving this season that I deeply love that I, that I actually, that profoundly changed my life. Um, I didn't, I didn't waste the season. Like there were many years of me figuring things out and it wasn't the greatest. (laughs) Some of those years weren't the greatest, but they all led me to where I was the years before meeting JJ and being able to start heart of dating. And like we both and JJ took that time too of like, wow, like I'm excited to marry you, but also like, okay, like we're, we're really, we're really leaving the singleness. Oh, huh? we really are. Like, we really want to do this. Like, and you know, that is a hope I have for so many singles, um, who, who might get married is like, even if that is part of your journey and yes, that would be a beautiful part of it. Um, like don't let this time be a time where you're just, continuing to loathe and continuing to question God's goodness and continuing to think about, well, God, I've given up so much for you. What have you done for me? (laughs) You know, and like this bargain um, handshake deal that you've done with him. And um, I just think having that perspective of like, hey, I'm going to live for you to the best of my ability, like, and that's going to be my number one focus. It is the most enriching, valuable and thing that you can do in singleness. And so I think I'm just so grateful for you to be able to share your story. And I think there's so much singles can learn from somebody like you, you know, it's like, Hey, wait, like (laughs) this is, this is somebody who can speak to the pains I'm in and also speak to, Hey, what it could look like to really live a fulfilling, beautiful, enriching life. Um, for Jesus. And so just thank you so much. I like think I rambled there, but thank you so much for everything. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a what a joy. Yeah, it's a delight to have this conversation with you. And and such a delight to I love I love being reminded in conversations like this one mm-hmm. um uh of the ways that in the end like I mean, the singleness journey and the and the marriage journey that you guys are now on are different in some substantial ways. And yet like the heart of the matter, the heart of the dating, uh, the, <laughs> the heart of the matter remains so much the same. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it, there's just, it's, it's always tremendously encouraging to me as a mm-hmm. single person to get to have these kinds of conversations um, mm-hmm. and just be reminded and encouraged in that afresh so thanks friends always a joy to chat with you amen (laughs) amen thank you so much bro we love you greg dr gregory cole (laughs) (laughs) all right back at you 
Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate and JJ Tomlin. Shout out to our epic audio and video editor, Scott Caro. We have an amazing Heart of Dating team who helps bring the show to you each week. I want to shout out Kelsey Napier, our Heart of Dating digital marketing coordinator, and Elena Gibson, our brand and community manager. We couldn't do it without them. Now, if you guys have never ranked us or reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, would you consider doing that? It would mean so much because our podcast can get more discovered and more people can learn how to better date as Christians. Don't we all want that? We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we will see you next week.